I'm just a bill. Yes, I'm only a bill. And I'm sitting here on Capitol Hill. Well, it's a long, long journey to the capital city. It's a long, long wait while I'm sitting in committee. But I know I'll be a law someday. At least I hope and pray that I will. But today I am still just a bill. Hello there and welcome to What's the Story with USA 2020, a podcast from Ireland full of questions about the American presidential election. My name is Jeff Pagano. And I am an enlightened Kigo. And since the first week of July, we've been giving up half an hour of our lives once a week to chat partly about how the American political system works and partly about all the craziness that's still going on there these days. How have you been, Kigo? I've been all good, yeah. I've actually relaxed a little bit since our last chat uh, and our last voice notes where you kind of get used to a situation, let it sink in, and then you can kind of get on with life. You know, lockdown's happening. We're, we're surviving here, keeping everyone fit and healthy. How about yourselves? Yeah, no, it's all good. Um, I mean, I just couldn't believe how, just how much the country, Ireland, was gripped by um, the CNN coverage of people that I know, like the brother-in-law who doesn't care about politics from one end to the other normally. Mm. Uh, he, was, he, he got in touch with saying he was captivated by the, um, the coverage all week and he was firing questions at us left, right and center, having ignored us. Uh, see, the, the, the wife is almost more into it than, than I am. Um, I mean, the way it's gone, um, it's got to a stage where our evening viewing for the past couple of years, like kids gone up to bed, whatever, like we wouldn't put on uh, a Netflix show or anything like that. We put on Wolf Blitzer and that would be our evenings viewing to see who's on. I mean, that's, that's, that's how sad uh, things got over the last couple of years, but it turns out people are, people have caught up the last couple of weeks and uh, they, they're catching up on all the, they're getting to know all those annoying CNN ads that, uh, that tend to run all the time as well. It's been mad watching Twitter, seeing people experience these these things that I've almost pretty much been living for the past few years. Yeah, because I guess we live on Netflix and all that sort of stuff. When you go back to watching real TV, forget about all of these ads. And then American TV, it goes up a notch, you know what I mean? But uh, yeah, no, like the, the interactions has been great. I think everyone has has kind of completed Netflix, completed Pornhub, completed YouTube, all of these things. And they, they really got involved, like you're saying. And I, I think it was, impo- I think everyone kind of realized how important it was for it to go a certain way. Um, and I think we were all invested in that because, you know, even though we like to think Ireland is the center of the universe, uh, it's not really. We need our big brothers and big sisters around us to help us out. And we kind of, uh, we kind of felt a little bit ostracized over the last four years. And, um, and it was great to obviously have a Mayo man there in the big chair now. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll take ownership of anything. But um, no, it was great that it worked its way out. It worked, it, it working its way out. Uh, and it worked its way out the right way, I think. Who's the, 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 uh, the gray-haired guy um, who's come out of it really well off CNN? King? John? Oh, John King. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I missed him every time. Every time I've put on the live stream. But every it was nonstop John King. So... I think he's welcome in Ireland anytime. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he, it, the, the way he knew not just the states, but the uh, the intricacies of individual um, counties within the states, what percentage of them were working class, what percentage of this, that, and the other. I mean, it was a, an incredible, incredible knowledge to be able to, 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 be able to talk um, like that uh, at a, standing at a screen and uh, 
just getting all getting all the info out there it was it was really impressive stuff mm. um but anyway listen what the way we've done this this is our officially our 20th full episode mm. uh 20th weekly episode anyway and um you know we're talking about wrapping it up here but there's a lot going on so we'll see we'll see what's what's happening going down the line but um the way the format we usually do is i i start with the jeff splainer but i didn't see if there was any point this week we, we've had the we've had the election what i've called this episode is um What's the story with elections having consequences? Now that's a that's a common political phrase. Elections have consequences, but it has extra meaning here because Trump himself used it um, a couple of weeks before the election when when he was being questioned about um, confirming Amy Coney Barrett so so soon and the way he did. And he actually came out to the podium and said, "Well, I'm told elections have consequences," which is ironic because a couple of weeks later he's he's not exactly um, he's not exactly doing that himself, is he? But um, no, I, I think, yeah, if we start, if we jump in there, consequences and things like that, and we were speaking all the way along that, about how it shouldn't be close. And I actually, I just happened to look at margins of victory um, over the last little while. And I think Obama was the outlier at around nine mil, something like that. Uh, popular votes, obviously. Um, there was quite a gap there, but every other election it has been quite close. That's why, um, you know, I wasn't expecting a nine million victory for Biden, but um the consequences of a close election uh would would be is very dangerous but i think if we look at the the bigger picture again outside of that outlier this is a it is going to end up being once everything is done quite a big win for joe biden uh, in relative terms uh, which i think is really important i think that's something that people need to look at because if let's say the it ends up being 4.2 mil or 3.8 mil something around that that area um that's still a big winning margin in relation to all other presidential elections outside that one and i think it's actually turned out almost like we we wanted it to in that that's as much of a landslide as you're going to get in 2020 uh, and the consequences of that, I think, I think that has to be pointed out to people. I think that, again, I wouldn't have known unless following um, your Jeff Splainer uh, last week or the week before, whichever one it was, I just started Googling it to see. Because uh, it didn't sound like a big number in a country so big, but it is actually quite a big number. And that needs to be pointed out to people. I think the consequences of elections are one thing. The consequences of words are, is another thing that has been run through our podcast where... Uh, I think one one person in our uh, our profile picture there, one person is aware of the consequences of their words, and one person is not. So the result of the election is one thing, but uh, the way it is being dealt with by both sides is far more damaging to the the American people. Yeah, I mean, you you talk about um, the you know margins of victory, or whatever. I mean, a lot of people say that uh, what Trump has done. Uh, since you know getting into this uh, president stuff has been to divide America, but that's not really true. I mean, America was already divided into the reds and the blue ties. All what he did was he tapped into it, and yeah. um, I mean, no matter what, the um, you, you can always guarantee that no matter who is well, now we know for sure. No matter who is running for the Republicans, they can get upwards of seventy million people voting mm -hmm. for him, which is frightening when you think of it. I mean, it's just. Um, it, it's it, it's just an amazing prospect, and that's what we that's what we were talking about on this yeah. show beforehand. We said, we, you, whatever happens, um, you know, that kind of number is going to turn out. And and having heard all they have for the past four or five years about him, what he's done, the who he insults, 
um, what he cares and doesn't care about, uh, all the corruption, all this stuff, they still see his name on a piece of paper and they still put a tick beside it. So that, that's what happens. And the consequences of an election are supposed to be that, you know, you, you look at the result and you, you try to work out what kind of mandate that gives you. Mm-hmm. And Biden was going into this with the thing where um, he says he kept saying over and over again. It actually got annoying. He said it so much, but I'm not. I'm, I'm going to uh, work for Republicans, people who didn't vote for him as much as I am. Now you might think maybe he hammered that message home maybe too much in the sense of well, okay, but you got to think of the other guys too. But mm-hmm. you know, still, um, it's an important message because it's the exact opposite of what not just Trump but Republicans and conservatives tend to do. If they just get a sliver. Uh, 500 person majority like they did in 2000 with uh, George W. Bush mm. um, they'll just plow ahead and do their thing like it's a mandate to do everything they want and ex- exclude the other guys so they, these are the consequences we have to live with but you know mo- moving on to um, whatever reality this is we live in now this kind of two universes going on now in Washington um, you've got and we'll start with a good one you've got Joe Biden now how good uh, a size was it after all we've said was when he comes out and gives the speeches now just but behind me here on zoom i've got our logo uh for the podcast here behind me but when joe comes out and does it he's got office of the president-elect of the united states of america on the thing behind it and i don't care what he's saying just seeing that is is good i think whatever he says no matter what he says just that visual for for the people that voted for him and wants them in that was a good good visual for them Oh, 100%. And I think he's been, outside of one speech, which was probably three in the morning or something, where he was obviously tired or whatever, he's looked strong, he's sounded strong, he's been clear. Uh, so all of this kind of narrative behind him is gone. The worries that we would have had, gone. Um, I, he's trying to be as inclusive as he can without alienating anybody. Um, and I think, you know, the visual of uh, himself and Harris and their significant others up there on election night, you kind of go, right, this is a nice reset. This is not just, like, because it's not just America anymore, it's the world. And, and it's a nice reset for everyone because, you know, uh, Trump had, had given a green light for certain behaviors, uh, whether it be, you know, normal people working in a shop all the way up to people running a bank. He, his behavior green lights that kind of behavior. And that's, it's important to stop that. And when you see something like that up on stage, when you see Biden... Um, you know, uh, his message uh, being consistent throughout this whole campaign. You see Harris up there who is, uh, to show I'm not sexist, I'll use the same word if she was a man. She's an absolute savage. And that's going to be the the secret, not secret weapon of this administration. Um, like, you know, if Biden says, right, four years, I'm done. This is, you know, I'm 115 now. I want to go and play golf. That's cool. She is right there ready to go. Uh, and, and this could speed up women uh, taking over or women getting a foothold into uh, important political office. Uh, and that's, that's massively important. But just seeing the two of them and their significant others on that night and then, and then the two of them obviously deciding, look, this race is over. We need to start change now. We need to, minute one, before we even have our desk in the office and we've ordered our chair from Ikea, we're going to start the work. And they've started this COVID task force and all of this sort of stuff, which is massively important. Uh, and it's really, really impressive how quickly they've gotten their feet under the virtual desk, even though they're not 
they probably won't get into the White House for a long time. Your man's going to do a dirty protest or something. But it's been really impressive how they've done it. Yeah, and it's 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 his demeanor as well um, as he's doing it. It's uh, it's it's exactly what you want. You know, you know that um, the other fella is going to be spitting fire from his mm -hmm. side of the thing. He's going to be you know d doing everything he does, all caps tweets, all that stuff, uh, blaming <laughs> yeah. lawsuits, sending lawyers all around the country, whatever. And Biden is countering that with just calm. Mm -hmm. And when he comes out and he gives his his talk, he's not he's not being apologetic. He's got he's not afraid to say I won, I'm the president elect because we won. That's his language, is it? it but it's still like Trump would take that as a kind of a passive aggressive thing. But mm -hmm. from Biden's point of view, he's just saying it because it's a fact. I won. Yeah. Keep replying this now that I'm president. This that and the other. And then when he's pushed back um, by the press and they're asking him. Um, well, you know, when you, you normally what happens is you you coordinate with a certain office and they're not letting you do this. Are you considering legal actions? He just goes, no, I don't really don't see any points. I don't see any need in that. Um, I, I look forward to talking to him when he's ready to talk. Um, but I'm just getting on with it. I've done my task force. We're, we're planning, making all these plans. He's named as chief of staff. He's just you know, day by day working away, just continuing. And he's, you know, he, he says, oh, I've heard from leaders. Now, usually when leaders contact um, uh, president selects, they go through the president's office. That's the way it's always worked. But those calls are being blocked. So they've obviously set up some kind of bat phone situation where yeah. um, he's heard from the UK, he's heard from France, uh, Canada, and Ireland as well. Uh, Michal got in touch, um, said, uh, go on so. So, you know, come over and visit Mayo whenever you want. And yeah. head, head on head on up there to Balina and uh, do, do your thing, which <laughs> we all know we will. I mean, it's, it, it is going to happen. That's a definite. Um, so that, you know, that's all good. And all of this must be driving the other fella absolutely stone cold crazy. But again, that's not the intent. The intent is, I won. I'm president now. We've got work to do. Let's roll up our sleeves. And the, the one thing you did mention there is about Kamala um, taking over. And um, that's a very important aspect of this presidency because he can't so much as hint. He's got to watch everything he says. Everything he says from now on. He can't so much as hint he's not going to see out his four years. Mm. And he's, or he can't even hint he's not going to run after four years yeah. because the press is going to be at him and they're going to be at him over and over and over again asking him. He, he's got to, because as soon as, as soon as anything like that gets out, it undermines everything he's doing. Well, you're not the yeah. guy. Nobody's going to want to deal with him. And if you remember, even here in Ireland, when um, Michael T. Higgins was president, he said he was only going to serve one term. Now, it's a different yeah. type of president and it's a seven-year term here, but he said he wasn't, but then he ran again. And, you know, everyone thought he was too old. But once you're in there and you're there for a while and things progress, other things happen. It, you, when it gets to the stage for election again, you say, you know what? Maybe, maybe we're better off going again. So you don't know what's going to happen. So it's a very delicate dance um, he has to run there. But uh, we'll, we'll see how that gets on. Now, to the other side of the fence. <laughs> Our good friend, Mr. Now, when he, when he was elected president, he lived in the state of New York. He then... They kicked him out pretty much, and then he moved to the state of Florida, but now he's living in the state of denial. What do you make of uh, his reaction so far, man? Yeah, denial is not just a river in Egypt. Mm -hmm. um, I think uh, it's going to be interesting because he's made it about him, and he's kind of taken over that whole red side of the aisle. It's going to be interesting because, as you say, there's 70 million round figures who are sitting in that boat with him. 
generally we think he's just going to go and start Trump TV, have his own narrative where he is the superstar. The thinking now is, will the Republicans keep that, that way of thinking because there's 70 million votes, there's 70 million pieces of currency there, or will they grow up? Uh, so then that, that kind of builds into who's going to be next after, who's, who's the, the PD post-Donald. Um, as we always say, nothing about the fella surprises us. There's nothing he's going to do between now and the, whatever it is, 18th, 19th of January, that's going to surprise us. He's going to try and pardon everybody. He's going to try and do all of the things that we know he's going to do. Um, you know, everything he has done, has done or is doing is, is negative, is a roadblock. Biden and the crew have already seen what's coming and have worked their way around it. Um, I think he should just be left to go and play golf, left to do nothing, keep him out of the office, put his out of office on. That's, that's what someone should do. You hear about Kushner, you hear about other people saying, just concede. Just concede and start the next, whatever the next plan is. Um, you've got 70 million votes there. You can, bring, you can get half of those to subscribe to your network and be rich again. You know, they're trying to phrase it that way. I, I would sneak in and put his out of office on. Mm. And put the, put the forwarding emails over to Biden. Uh, because they know that it's bad for them. It's not just bad for him now. It's bad for them as a brand, as a business, as a logo it's all falling apart, which is interesting because not, again, what he's doing is very different, but Hillary nearly did that to the blue side and there was a reset there, obviously in a different way, you know, entirely, but a reset was needed. Now the Republicans need to either reset or dig into their way of thinking that they're currently on. Um, Trump is just a disaster and he's a dangerous disaster. He, he's out of the big house now. He, well, maybe he'll be in the big house, hopefully, but he's out of the big chair is what I mean. Um, it's a matter of keeping him out of the big chair so he doesn't do anything stupid between now and January. Yeah, it's, it's all, I mean, if you just went by what you see on the surface and what's actually, you know, happening, you, you, you hear Mitch McConnell saying, oh, he's every right to count all the votes. You've got the Secretary of State with his uber creepy statements saying oh yeah we'll have a smooth transition to a second trump term yeah and then a kind of a chuckle like you know was i only joking i don't know was i you know that kind of crap um and you hear all this and then you see trump's firing people at, in the pentagon and putting mm -hmm. his guys in you see all that stuff on the surface and you read his tweets and you're going oh my god like this he's he's running the authoritarian playbook but then you you have to dial it back i mean you need to stay aware that literally anything's possible with this guy and you cannot rule anything out. But you also have to realize that there are um, somewhat, not the word logical explanations to that, but possibilities that, that do make sense with this guy. Because on the, on, like I remember when Barack Obama was running, I signed up for his email, uh, his email newsletter. And I swear to God, I was bombarded with the things, looking for money, um, mm. you know, small donations. I gave a few, whatever, but again and again and again. And this is what all campaigns do now. And what Trump is doing on his campaigns now, in his emails, he's, he's, the subject line is to his people on his newsletter, I need your help. Um, this election is being stolen from us. We need to get it back. You know, uh, we rightly won the election. They're putting all that language in there. But really what they're doing is they're, they're, they're grifting their supporters for a few quid because he's deeply mm. in debt after the uh, election. I'm, I'm working on the premise that all this on the surface is just another one of his grifts 
And I didn't pluck that notion out of thin air because that's how he's lived his entire life. Um, and behind the scenes, he's seen the numbers. He knows he's, he's toast uh, as the car's president now. But you would think that if he plays his card right, like you say, 70 million in your corner, you can, it wouldn't be that difficult to, to it. Set up your TV network. Don't just set it up for the money. Set it up to attack every time Biden sneezes. For the, for the next four years and then bring those, get those 70 million back to the table and see how many you can get over from the other side. So, um, I mean, there's a definite strategy there for him. I mean, I wouldn't agree that just completely denying um, victory, you know, concession and all that is the way to do it necessarily. But, um, I mean, you just have to hope that that's what he's doing. And then that when it comes to the 20th of January, when it's inauguration day, the day will come, the day will go, and he'll be gone. Yeah, I don't. I, I think you're giving him a bit too much credit, too much thinking there. Um, I don't think there's going to be a concession speech ever. He doesn't legally have to give one. He's never going to do it. He's going to tweet all the way through the ceremony that he's not going to go to um, because he is a child. We've been over this a hundred times, uh, and I think it. I think it's important that this plays out publicly, as in he doesn't show up, as in tweets are starting to get um, you know questioned by Twitter, things like that. All of this stuff is happening publicly. So if he's communicating with people through social media and social media is saying this tweet contains unverified facts, that's massively important. Um, and then him not showing up to, a, um, to, to Biden's inauguration day, I don't think he's going to show up. I think he's going to tweet live tweet the whole thing, maybe even launch. It, it's too, too early, but maybe, you know, in and around that time, uh, launch the idea of Trump news or whatever. Uh, but then all this has been done publicly. We can all see this. And so that 70 million suddenly drops because what Joe is doing, reaching across, and there are people who are, um, and just a side note, that I was watching Joe Biden's eulogy at John McCain's funeral the other day. They should have just shown that at every one of his rallies because it, it shows that he's reaching across, he's trying to talk to everyone, trying to understand everyone, and he's even friends with these with these people make these people and make them sound like they're aliens mm. but these other humans mm. uh, and, and that's a massive thing that they should have shown all the time i'm sure they did but i think trump playing this out publicly is going to um you know he's going to urinate in his own feet to feel warm yeah definitely and um just going back to what you said earlier about um after hillary's defeat the way the democrats had to reset um that kind of plays into what's happening now because the way the Democrats reset was pretty much to blame Bernie Sanders for, yeah, yeah. for, for everything that happened back then. And that's starting to happen again because what happened, um, we've been saying this all along, it wasn't just an election for president. On the very same ballot, the very same mm -hmm. piece of paper, there was an election for the Senate, for the House, for all the way down to dog catcher pretty much on, on, every, on every ballot, which, which completely invalidates what Trump is trying to do. This is a side note. I mean, Trump is trying to say the Dems rigged the election. So the Dems rigged all the ballots to vote for Biden, but to vote for Republicans on the thing afterwards, yeah, yeah. it makes, makes absolutely no sense. But, um, but what the Democrats are doing now is uh, they, 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 they had a conference call and um, uh, I think it's a, a representative from Virginia, uh, Amy Spanberger, a former um, fighter pilot, I think she is. And she, she did this rant and they, they definitely wanted this rant to get out where she basically blamed, oh, if it's the progressives, I don't want to hear the word socialist ever um, used for us again. I don't want to hear defund the police because our enemies are using those terms against us. And uh, that's why I almost lost. That's why we lost all those seats. Bam, 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 bam. And it's just like, 
creating this narrative that um, if it wasn't the pro progressive policies, um, the Democrats wouldn't have lost their seats. And that's just been left there to, 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 to fester or whatever. Now, what, what, the, the progressives now have their own outlets and stuff, and they're kind of fighting back. Like, for example, well, maybe if you'd explained what defund the police meant yeah. and, you know, little things like that. But it's just that's an idea of how the Democrats also need to reset now. It's how they're doing it. It's the way they're going. But the fact is, progressives increased their presence mm. in the House. They had more um, uh, elected, and it looks like there's going to be more. You, you, Chuck Schumer has taken over again as the minority leader, or majority possibly, still could happen, but we'll get to that later. Chuck Schumer could take over as the, the leader for the Democrats in the Senate, but he's up for election in two years' time, and there's a possibility that AOC might mm. go against him for that. And that would be one hell of a battle. Uh, the, the, and he, I think he's a bit terrified of that as well. So he might change his tune over the next couple of years. But there's a lot going on there and we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, two years is just the right amount of time. Uh, everyone follow, follow her on Twitter. She, she takes, watch me language, she takes no shit from anyone. It's a strong, intelligent woman who scares the Jesus out of wimpy, stupid men. And it's great. It's nonstop all day, every day. So, uh, and I think that's really important, uh, again, for her to lead by example, much like Harris. And there's a few of them in there now. We, we covered them when we were talking about the vice presidential uh, possibilities, that there's a lot of strong women in there, which is great. Something to pivot to, something that's really important. Uh, you know, I, I want my girls to look around the world and be able to see role models everywhere, whether it's Katie Taylor or AOC, it's, it's, all, it's all important. Um, and I, I think that's, I think blaming Bernie is lazy, uh, aside from the fact that I, I love Bernie. But aside from that, I think uh, when you watch him on Joe Rogan, who is Marmite for a lot of people, when you see him in long-form interviews where he's not interrupted, he's allowed to speak to you as if you're in the room with him, a lot of what he says makes sense. A lot of what he says is uh, responsible governance. And so that should be taken from. Now, people blame so-called socialism and all this sort of stuff. Look, if you break your leg in America, you're still going to have to pay for it. You know, and that's, you know, ordinary level sociology or ordinary level politics, that's not socialism. So um, a lot of these people are throwing words around and like defund the police, you know, instead of explaining it because it is a very divisive term and it is a very, it does what it says on the tin. Uh, you know, that must be what it is. When in reality, we've been over this. That's not what it is. They're not defunding police. They're not taking money away. They're just putting money in, in better places without taking uh, a huge amount of chunk away from protecting the, co the country. Uh, but they don't say that. So laziness is an important thing to, to avoid. Uh, but I do think the slow and deliberate reset is better than just wiping the slate clean uh, and bringing a lot more strong women into the fold. Not that the women before were not strong, but giving them a louder voice is massively important. Yeah, and it'd, it'd just be interesting to see what they do next. I mean, um, before the election, um, Bernie Sanders was, was, was talking a lot about uh, when, when, when he... When Biden won the primaries and got the nomination, himself and Bernie sat down together and thrashed out a policy plan that included progressive policies. And apparently, um, a couple of weeks ago, Bernie uh, let it be known that one of one of the things that he was talking about was him getting a chair on a Senate committee um, for things like labor or for you know for health and stuff like that to um, to help guarantee minimum wage, help mm. guarantee more health care for, for more people and all that stuff. But now what we're hearing is that there's a possibility he might apply for the Secretary of Labor. 
Mm. Which would be very interesting. And um, but the the thing about that was what they do if he's to get that, he's going to need the Senate to confirm it. And if and if they confirm it, what what what's going to become important now are these two runoff elections in Georgia, mm. where um, the two senators there's two Senate seats up there, and the the, the, the score line in the Senate is going to be 50 Republican, 48 Democrat. So if the Democrats win those two, I can't see them splitting these two seats. The votes are going to be there on the same day. People yeah. are either going to vote one way or the other. So there's either going to be a 52-48 majority for the Republicans or a 50-50 tie for Democrats, which the vice president breaks with her votes, which, which basically makes it a Democrat-run Senate. So it's all on this election now. The whole country is going to descend on Georgia. I had a friend of mine um, message me the other day saying that he was going to send me money that I could donate to those campaigns. He used to live in New York. He was living in New York in 9-11, so he's mad into the American politics, and mm. he was willing to contribute. If he thought it had to be from an American citizen, he would give it to me so I could give it to their campaign. That's the kind of interest, widespread interest, is going to be on this, these Georgia races. So, so that's going to be, I mean, we think we're done now. We think we're done because there's been an election. But first of all, we've got, is that man still going to leave? Uh, we've got this Georgia election on, on January 5th. It's just ongoing. And you just wonder, we keep going until then, there's going to be something else after that. No, absolutely. And, and I do have a theory that I heard somewhere during the week. I've heard it from a couple of people. Uh, in terms of government and the way it's set out, you've got your president you've got, and the two houses. Um, is it good or bad for a country to have the same party uh, majority in the two houses as well as the same as the president? Um, it's an interesting theory to, to run around because I do think sometimes ideas need to be kicked around. And yes, the, it's going to be really close. As you say, it's, it's probably going to end up being, if it is 50-50, it's as close as you can get. But then you look at, uh, you know, the Supreme Court is the big thing. You kind of go, right, it's whatever it is, 6-3 at the moment. If they throw three more in, like we've spoken about before, it levels it out. It lets ideas and everything be kicked around on a level, relatively level playing field, assuming the intellectual abilities of everyone is level. Um, and, and that's something I, I've been thinking about during the week. You know, you kind of we have we have um, a joint government, whatever it is, but they're generally the same. They all go in the same direction. It would be interesting to have someone with an equal say with a slightly different viewpoint. But again, I think for the time being in the States, certainly for four years, having uh, a, blue, a blue ruling party, if you like, uh, is probably a good thing after the damage done um, over the last four years. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I'd say about that is that it, it, if you're assuming that both sides are willing to work with the other side, if, you, if both sides mm. have the same mindset, and but the the way the Democrats and Republicans have been going way back to even before Obama came in, but it really got heightened when Obama came in, where mm. you have the Democrats who are trying to reach across the aisle, trying to work with the other side, but then you got the Republicans who are like, hell no, nothing you do, nothing you do, we're not touching anything. So the chances are that if, um, the, if the Republicans uh, win the Senate, the, um, you know, Biden pretty much won't get anything done. Um, yeah. Now, that, you know, it's not as simple as that when you say there's going to be 50 Democrat senators. Because, for example, there's one Democrat senator from West Virginia. Um, his name is uh, Joe Manchin. And he's what they call in, in the business a blue, uh, a blue dog in that he's not really a uh, Democrat. He more votes. He'll vote with the Republicans when it suits him. He's, uh, he's, West Virginia is a big uh, coal state, so they mm. don't want anything to do with climate change. 
Um, he'll, and, he, and I mean, even if it's 50-50, he went on Fox News and said, that's not going to happen. Even if it's 50-50, I'm here to tell you I'm not going to vote for a Green New Deal. I'm not going to do it. I'm sure the Democrats were like, gee, thanks. And you guys are blaming the progressives for all of this. <laughs> but have you heard this guy? But um, that's, that, 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 that's a lot to play play in down the line. So it's not going to be straightforward. But that Georgia race is going to be very interesting because um, what the George, the two senators have had to do is before the election, they were like, oh, we're with Trump, we're with Trump, we're with Trump. They, they, they banged the Trump drum all the way up to the election. And now he's lost. Now they have to do another race and go back to them. But they still have to bang the drum because he's still in the White House. But they're banging the drum for a loser. Yeah, yeah. So it's like it's really tough one for them. And if the if if Stacey Abrams, who's done a hell of a amount of a lot of work in yeah. that state to get the vote out, if she can get those same people voting, um, literally the day after the election was called, um, she sent out a, a a tweet and an emails saying that if you live in Georgia and if you're 17 years old and you've got a birthday before January 5th, you can register in time for that election. And mm. that's I mean that's on the ball. That's getting it going and getting like maybe get a thousand, couple of thousand extra votes just by doing that. And it's, it's, it's like not wasting any time. So that's going to be an interesting race. Yeah, it's amazing. Another strong woman. You look at, you look at how she dealt with losing a seat and you look at how, uh, how your man's going to deal with losing the, losing the big chair. And, and that is, that's the difference right there. She, she galvanized the entire situation. Did, wasn't living in a river in Egypt. She, got over it, got through it, and fixed the problem, uh, and really got involved. And that's really, really impressive. Another great, uh, a great thing to see. And it just shows you the difference. Um, your man's kicking and screaming and pulling in his pants. She went out and fixed the problem. And, yeah. uh, and uh, you know, it's a great sign for the future. Uh, and it's an important sign for the future. Absolutely. Well, listen, we'll probably leave it there. We've probably covered everything there is to do now. Um, I'd say we come back and do another one uh, again, maybe in a couple of weeks or something, just to see how everything settles down. And, um, you know, we won't leave it there, um, you know, just to, because there's, there's so much going on. But, you know, maybe maybe have a, maybe leave it for a couple of weeks and uh, maybe talk about other things like rugby and stuff. In the <laughs> you know, get, get our minds off things. But um, I've, I've really enjoyed these last 20 weeks anyway. It's been great going through it. It's been great to be able to, um, great to be able to talk about it out loud. Do you know what I mean? Because a lot of it, a lot of it, you, you're reading tweets and you're reading articles and stuff, and it's all kind of in your head. And it's not directly affecting people around you. You don't get a chance to discuss it. So it's been mm. good for me as well anyway, to be able to talk about it to, 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 to someone else out loud. And for your case, you were interested, but you, you didn't know much, you didn't know as much about it. So you've been kind of learning on the go and stuff and, and uh, offering your, offering your wisdom with it as well, you know, and the, the, yeah, absolutely. It's it's a bit like yeah, it's a bit like looking in uh, into a building you don't know what's going on, and, and I've been learning as I go. So I salute your work on that. And I think the times I thought we would argue, we didn't argue. Uh, yes, we did. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I actually thought we'd stop being friends after the, you know after <laughs> special, but no, we were pretty close there. And I think um, I think we've we've tried to remain calm as calm as we can all the way through this. Uh, and I think it's really important that the result went the way it is and, and continues to. Obviously, they're going to continue counting everything. Uh, and it shows that democracy works. And, and that's really important. Uh, and I learned a lot about the American system. Uh, and again, as usual, I, uh, or again, I salute the American people for, for doing the business there last week. That's it. And um, 
And uh, just as we're talking, uh, Trump's just uh, done a tweet, so I might as well re read it out. He's read out, he's, he's retweeted tweets from those two Georgia senators. If Democrats take control of the Senate, they want to turn America into a socialist state. The future of our country is at stake. I need your help to stop them. Sign up to volunteer today. Well, there you go. You've heard, you've heard that. If y'all want to sign up and get two Georgia Republicans elected, um, just get onto Donald Trump's Twitter account. You, 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 you won't forget the experience, I can guarantee you. Well, listen, we'll leave it there and uh, we'll come back in a couple of weeks. Keep an eye on the feed and uh, check out our blog and our Facebook page and our Twitter account. Put all the links in the program notes. So until next time, it's uh, goodbye from Kigo. Absolutely. Stay safe, everybody. And it's goodbye from me. Take care, everyone. Slan.